Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. To be the best, you have to beat the best. And Novak Djokovic remains the gold standard. If you Championship Sunday in Paris. Welcome to this men's final edition of TC Live at Roland Garros. We have been presented all tournament by our friends at LoopNet. The city of Paris is defined by its history, beauty preserved and pushed forward for centuries. But sometimes that history inspires someone to rewrite it. And at Roland Garros, we are on the verge of that rare moment when history is made in the present. Novak Djokovic on that mission today, facing Kasparud with a chance to reach 23 major singles titles, a feat no man has ever accomplished. Our Tennis Channel premiere of the men's final airs at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. There he is, Djokovic arriving on site, knowing he can separate himself even further from his all-time rivals. A lot of fans there. He's looking to complete the career Grand Slam for the third time and return to world number one. Meantime, Kasparud hopes to prevent all of that. 24-year-old Norwegian has made his way back to the Roland Garros final for the second straight year. Looking to make some history of his own with a first major title. Come on in. It is our Tennis Channel fan dual desk on the third Sunday in Paris. Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin, Paul Anico, and John Wertheim. I want to welcome all our viewers watching on YouTube TV. You can find Tennis Channel and T2 on YouTube TV. The stage is set, Paul. What are your thoughts an hour away from this big-time final? You know, always before final, you wonder what the new guy's going to do. But I don't look like Rude. I don't look at him like he's the yeah. new guy, right? This is the third major in the last five for him. Last year, ran into Rafa Nadal. Unfortunately, has a very tough style matchup. But for Novak, how's he going to handle the pressure? He's won so much, but he's about to rewrite uh, the record books if he has another win today. So different kind of pressure for both players. So... Pull up a chair, pull up a bucket of popcorn, and have some fun. Yeah, I mean, you think about Novak Djokovic, if he wins here, becoming the oldest man to win here. I mean, mm. it would 
just leap, Rafa, just slightly. 18 days. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but, you know, you think about you know, how much significance there is. And I think as you get a little older, you just appreciate it more as you get deeper into your career. Does that make Djokovic just a little more tense? Is there a few more opportunities for Rude at the beginning of this match? I don't think there necessarily will be, but it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. I think Rude should just go out and play as relaxed a match mm -hmm. as possible. I mean, you know, who would have thought he'd be back in this final when you consider some of the, the struggles he had this year, you know, the, the not quite getting a lot of match wins at different times, but he is rounded into form at just the right moment. And this should be a fun one if he, I think he approaches it that way. Yeah, I mean, Rude has won 22 matches all year, six of them, so more than a quarter have have come here. I, I like that point about pressure, but I think we saw yesterday, I'm sure we'll talk about the women's final, pressure moves, pressure's fluid. You can start off nervous and suddenly transfer the pressure to the other side of the net. So in theory, you look at this match objectively, Noli is on the, the cusp of history, on the threshold. There's not a whole lot. You go down the list, what can Kasper Rude do better than Djokovic? But who knows? I mean, there are a lot of variables here today. And the fact that Djokovic is going for this record that we've all been anticipating for more than a decade, here, at Roland Garros, Rafa's house, you know, Roger Federer is retired. Rafa, who knows? I mean, is this 23? If he gets it, is this for good? And the fact that it's happening here at the French Open at Roland Garros is, is really just an added twist to this whole discussion. We've been talking about this race for years now. The big three making history. Djokovic eyeing the solo record for the most Grand Slam singles titles in men's history. And he would also tie Serena Williams for the most in the open era. Paul, did you think someone would get to 23 when you coached Pete to 14? Uh, I did not. I remember being on the tee box uh, at a golf club with Pete when he had won. And these guys were just starting. I think Roger had about eight. And Pete had worked so hard to get 14. Who would have thought that uh, after a decade and a half or so, 60-something yeah. between them. That's yeah. just amazing. Well, and keep going with that. I mean, imagine saying to, to Roger Federer, good news, you're going to get 20. Never mind, Sampras, you're getting 20. Bad news, that's going to put you in third place. Crazy. And he's riding a 20-match win streak at majors. I mean, you talk about would be the oldest champion. He, he's not looking that way. He looks about 10 years younger on court. No, we're just talking about on paper. He <laughs> would be the oldest. But the way he's been playing, the way he's been moving, the way his game has continued to improve each and every match. And he just seems, Djokovic, like he's understanding how to manage these tight moments in matches. I mean, he's had some tough starts, but he's gotten through um, fairly routinely when you look at the scoreline at the very end. And I think this is a match he'll be very comfortable with as well. I'm kind of curious. Do you think he's got the 23 jacket ready? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> Something prepared. Uh, yeah, I, I think bag. it's in the bag. I bet you it's in his bag. So, <laughs> yeah. Someone said, with Lacoste as a sponsor in France, how do they pass up that opportunity? You've got to have that, right, John? <laughs> got, got to have that. Got to have the shoes ready. The bat, Everything's going to have 23 on it he and three, it. three little Eiffel Towers for, uh, for Roland Garros. It's a big day in Serbia, by the way. How about this? Novak Djokovic, one win from the Roland Garros title. Nikola Jokic, one win from the NBA title. Two guys, different sports from the same small country with the same nickname. One win from history, John. That's amazing. Joker's wild. And then they like, we should point out too, they like each other. There's a real fondness, oh, yeah. there's a real warmth that passes between them as well. But uh, no, big, big, uh, big weekend for uh, Jokers on the threshold of making history. Game five, Tuesday against the Heat, up 3-1. Will they close it out in five? Will Novak close it out in three? 
We'll find out in about an hour here in Paris. And how about the odds? Is Novak a big favorite? Uh, does Kasparud have some money on that? I mean, like, what do you think of the odds here, Chanda? I mean, of course, we expected Djokovic to be the favorite. We kind of got a little pass against Alcaraz because he wasn't. But things have kind of reset uh, back to their norms. Of course, you can get some plus money with Kasparud, plus 410. But who's willing to take that bet right now? Both players win a set. You get a little bit of plus money, Paul. Yep. You got to uh, gotta take your odds and uh, roll the dice a little bit, Steve. Still shocked that, that Novak was the underdog against Carlos Alcaraz in the semifinals. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to 25 Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to start making every moment more. We will have much more on the big matchup, including some in-depth analysis on Casper Ruud. We have not forgotten about you, Casper. But first, let's talk about that women's final yesterday. Iga Fiantek looking to make a little bit of history herself. Taking on Carolina Mukhova. Iga going for her third Roland Garros title. Mukhova making her major final debut. Chanda Sviantik hadn't dropped a set all tournament. was cruising early. Yeah, and we kind of wondered how Mukhova would start this match out. Would she be nervous? Would Sviantik just roll through it with so much more experience? And that first set was a little bit of a roll for Iga Sviantik. Got the early break, got off to a flying start, and never looked back. Got the first set closed out fairly routinely at 6-2. We saw some flashes from Muhava trying to get in, trying to use um, that aggressive style of play, but Siontek just had all the answers and too many unforced errors from Muhava pressing a little more. But in the second, things started to change at three and love. Siontek up a set and a break, and Muhava able to get a couple of games. Got that first break of serve, and I think that relaxed her a lot more. She kept being aggressive, and points like this, and this was the point of the match, and it set up another set point for Muhova, and she was able to get it done, and all of a sudden, Steve, we had a match on our hands. How would Iga Sviantek respond? And down the stretch, 3-2, Sviantek able to turn things around when she was down in that third set. Some nice drop shots from Muhova kept it interesting. But at 4-3, I think Muhova just got a little nervous. Couldn't quite get the first turn going that hurter and allowed Sviantek to step inside the court and dictate early in rallies. And Sviantek would completely turn that third set around winning the last few games there to close it out and an unbelievable slightly come from behind victory from Skiantek in the third. Yeah, first time she's had to do that in a major final. Third player to win each of her first four major finals. Joining Monica Sellis and Naomi Osaka, youngest to win her fourth since Serena Williams more than two decades ago. Iga in Paris, season three, capped off with another trophy. What a moment for Iga Sviantek. And she is your champion on the women's side. And at one moment, that, that lid popped off and, and fell on the ground. Paul, what do you make of these stats? Oh, look, I, I thought it was a heck of a match. Great composure from both players. First Mukaba to get back in and Sviantek to stay with it. And the numbers, that kind of sums it up. Look at the big differentiation in the winner's department. 30 to 19 for Mukaba. That was all about her variety creating ways to come forward, creating ways to actually make it a little bit difficult for Iga to get on the offense. A few more on-force errors from Mukova, but look, I think Mukova did a terrific job, 18 out of 28 at the net. Really a nice job to turn it around from 2-6-0-3 and turn it into a war.
Here's John after the match with the champion. Congrats to win major number four. You had quite a test. How did you pass it? Well, it wasn't easy for sure, you know. Uh, this match has a lot of ups and downs, so I'm pretty happy that at the end, you know, uh, I just fought and I tried to be more solid. Um, Carolina really played well, and um, yeah, this match was, was a great final, so um, I'm, I'm happy to be the winner at the end, and I'm really proud of myself that I managed to, you know, keep all the emotions chill and just keep my focus throughout the whole three weeks. We've known for a long time what a complete player you are. Spin, power, offense, defense. How important is it that we now know there's another dimension, seizing a major in a final like this? Oh, well, uh, thank you for saying that. But um, I try to kind of, well, I'm pretty happy that I have so many strengths and I can really um, take a lot of positive energy from that. And I try to focus on that every day. But still, there are things I want to work on. So, um, so I'll keep working and you know the like the biggest emotion that i think athletes feel um is is the need to constantly you know get better so um so i'll for sure celebrate for the next couple of days but um see what there's a lot i can achieve in tennis i think so yeah celebrate and go read a book congrats thank you well here's the start of that celebration this was earlier today when you win the trophy in paris you get some of the best photo shoots You'll ever have Iga Sviatek in front of the Eiffel Tower. Amazing. Chanda, what, what did she prove to you most with this victory? Well, you, you look at the accomplishments in her young career, Sviatek, third Roland Garros title. Amazing to be able to defend a title. Not many have been able to do that as well. Youngest woman, we have all these stats. And, and we've been marveling about Iga Sviatek the mental fortitude. I think that's what came through in this final against Buhova because to be able to kind of settle yourself down when you were cruising a set and three love, it looked like she was going to be very quickly with the trophy in her hands. All of a sudden, the match completely changed. To reset down in the third set the way she did, I thought was even more impressive. Didn't play her best tennis at times, but down the stretch, it was the serve, especially the first serve that kept coming through for her. And I think just being able to refocus on those important things in a match at that moment, not easy to do under pressure in real time. Usually does not have to go through that type of adversity. Johnny's four bagels in her first three matches here at Roland Garros. Heads to Wimbledon where she's never made the second week. Why do you think that is and does that change? She had great success as a junior. I, I don't know if grass is her best surface given the timing that she requires, but I think some of this is just aura as well, and I think that a lot of players are paying attention. It's one thing to cruise, and you're out there, and you're playing great. For all in the third set, that is a much different exercise than just winning as she had conventionally. I, I think you know, she'll be the top seed. I'd put her as a favorite, yeah. Well, I think that the thing to me that was most impressive is when you're as good as she is and you steamroll most of your matches and you're up 6-2, 3-0, and you're that close, and your uh, your opponent hasn't been there before, but she turns it around. Mukova turns it around, and Sviantec didn't lose a stride. I mean, she just kept playing big forehands, lots of offense, stuck with her game plan, and to me, between the ears, so buttoned up, just composed in big moments. I think Wimbledon's going to be tricky for her. I look forward to seeing Mukova play on the, on yeah, the grass too. Wimbledon this yeah. year. Great, great point. Spare a thought for Carolina Mukova. First major final. She's at a new career high. And she is a two-time quarterfinalist at the All England Club. So look a lot out. of confidence look out. for the Czech heading into the grass court season. Much more still to come here 
on TC Live. We got Chanda's pick of the day coming up. Daniil Medvedev would have preferred to be playing this weekend, but he was shifting gears to another sport. We'll tell you about it. 40 years later, we learn more about just how rare this Yannick Noah title was and when it could potentially happen again. And we count down the top five hottest shots and prettiest points of the past 15 days in our best of the best Roland Garros edition. See if your favorite player made the cut. More championship TC Live after this. TC Live at Roland Garros is presented by LoopNet, the most popular place to find a space. Back on TC Live, a reminder, the tennis shop powered by Tennis Point is the new online store featuring the latest apparel and equipment. Choose from a wide selection of brands and get the same gear as your favorite pros rock. Check it out now by scanning this QR code or going to TennisShop.com. It's easy to use. The 2023 Paris collections are a must. They may even inspire you to speak French. Check this out. Romantic line in French. I don't really know much French, but I think je t'aime means I love you. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. I only know je t'aime. Je t'aime. Help me. <laughs> French sounds romantic no matter what they say, so I don't know. Probably je t'aime. Je vous aime. Mon amour. Je t'adore. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? It's. Do you want to sleep with me tonight, I think? I, I can't really answer that. Um, I can talk about croissants and all that stuff, but. <laughs> je t'aime, mon amour. It's like I love you, my love. Did you feel that? Yeah. I felt it too. <laughs> Je t'aime, mon amour, pour tous les jours. Oh, Paris, mm, la ville d'amour. Bye bye. <laughs> nice. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was Speaking of Je t'aime, we love our digital social team, tennis.com. Everybody that was on site here David Kane, Matt Fitzgerald, Kyle McClellan. Hannah Cavey, Francesca Soster, and Jordan Gorman. They put all this stuff together, like that piece you just saw. That. And our man, Aaron, right here. Aaron Balkin. You can, see, you can see him on Warm and Fuzzy. You saw Michael Costa with us at Roland Garros. And by the way, we got, uh -oh. we got Novak's special uh -oh. drink. He might need that in about shortly. Aaron, where'd you get Novak's special drink? That's amazing. I'm just saying, Steve, I was about to protect you right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought was, we had a problem up here. Was, I was, I was ready right? to take one. I was, I was ready, ready to take one for the team. It'll uh, prevent cramps. That's not going for us. You know, after what we've seen the past few days, yeah. who, who knows? But how about Novak? We've just been able to sing, yeah. sing French. You got into the mood of it all? No. I mean, I a little mean, dancing, we, a little swing. in fairness, a few Medvedev on to something said joke, which they speak the language. Others are uh, picking up tourist French. But uh, that's a great segment, and those guys did a great job all week on our social team. Maria Sakkari. Uh, I was not expecting that from her. She was she went big. <laughs> go big or go home. Go big or go home. Uh, still to come, we revisit Yannick Noah's wild ride from 40 years ago. You don't want to miss a celebration for the ages that had an entire nation on its feet. Vive la France, le bleu. We'll be right back. With his dreadlocks swaying and the ball popping off his string, 
Yannick Noah didn't so much win the 1983 French Open as he owned it. The French have not saluted a champion in their own tennis event since 1946. Before then, it had been 38 years since a French male had won the country's home major. And zoot allures did the streak get snapped with Parisian style. I can't believe it. At the time, Noah's story was already hardening into tennis lore. He grew up in Cameroon, where his father had played soccer. Arthur Ashe had spotted Yannick, then 11, while on a goodwill tour. Struck by the kid's athleticism and flair, Ashe suggested that the French Federation harvest his talent. Noah moved to France, mother country of his mother, and trained in Paris, often at Roland Garros. Early in Noah's pro career, he was a fan favorite. But it was as much for his appearance and expressiveness and personality as a young pro he attended lectures and philosophy at the Sorbonne and played in a reggae band, as it was for his tennis. Before the 1983 French Open, Noah, then 23, had never been beyond the quarterfinals of a major. Yet, for a magical two weeks, he played the best tennis of his career. If other French players have been paralyzed by nerves at Roland Garros, to Noah, the familiarity was not a source of pressure, but a pressure valve, a release. Bringing to bear a cassoulet of touch and style and power stemming from his six foot four inch frame, he dropped just one set the entire tournament. And that was to Ivan Lendl, a world beater who would win the event the following year. In the final, Noah faced the previous winner, Max Vilan. I wanted to win so bad, Noah said beforehand, it doesn't matter how I play, just so I win. Well, he played great, hitting through Vilander and winning 6-2-7-5-6-6. After Vilander overtook the forehand on match point, fans stormed the court as if it were the Bastille, taking a tableau from some college football upset. Instantly, Noah was a full-force celebrity and national icon. He would never win another major. The trajectory of his career, Noah's arc as it were, would never again reach this peak. As he once put it to a French journalist years later, quote, at Roland Garros, I gave everything, and I had achieved my goal, my dream, and after I managed it, I didn't have any other dreams. I think Arthur is watching us right now. He is watching. Just as Noah never won big again, no French male has since won at Roland Garros. Noah is the first to say he'd be thrilled to see his moment overtaken, to witness the streak snapped. But with each year that passes, 40 now and counting, it adds to the sense of mythology and magic for what Noah achieved. Incredible. Frenchman winning at Roland Garros, about as rare as getting around at Caves Valley. Take a look at these names. Paul, what stands out to you? Just the awesome talent. I, I uh, knew Pierre Darmon through the ATP for many years. Wonderful man. Never got to see him play. Noah and Lacan, two of the most talented tennis players we've ever seen with rackets in hand. And I remember when Yannick won back in 1983. It changed the face of tennis, and it changed the face of tennis in France. And man, it was a party over here. It really was. I mean, 40, 40 years ago, 
We were young, Chanda, but but we remember. We remember. Like, look at me when he said that. It's still a party. I mean, I, honestly, Steve, I mean, I, I've come back when I, I started coming here as a junior, and Yannick Noah has just always been a rock star. Yeah. And I remember watching clips of, of his win on TV and, and just appreciating, you know, the atmosphere and how he was able to play some of his best tennis in the biggest moments, on the biggest stage, and it was just incredible. And literally, this guy is so talented. What is it that he can't do? I, I always marvel at that. It's been such a treat to meet him and talk to him over the years. And then today, he's still playing Legends doubles. Yeah. So, Vlander actually got a little revenge because he won the Legends doubles match against Noah um, this morning. But does that really count? No. No, that, that doesn't. The man it's fun to watch, though. A living legend. You bring up Rockstar. He's a legitimate rock star. When yeah, you Google him these days, John, totally. it talks more about music than it does sports. I mean, people are, oh, you know, the athlete picks up a guitar. I mean, this guy sells out arenas. So li literally a rock star. But, uh, man, 40 years ago, crazy. Uh, on the women's side, Mary Pierce, so last French player to win here. 2000, last French player to win a major at all. Marion Bartoli, that was 2013 Wimbledon. Uh, Paul, when you look at these rising younger players, we got the Luca Panasha, we got the Arthur Feast, the only two teenagers in the top 100. They're Frenchmen. Can they break the drought? 40 years. Yeah, they're very talented, obviously. One of the biggest things that has been an issue, I think, in France is the amount of focus has been put on these young players. We saw it with Gasquet when he was so young. It's really difficult. It's easy to get kind of swept away in the white water of all the expectation. But look, they have eight players on the men's side um, in the top 200 um, that are under 25 years of age. And those two teenagers that you just mentioned have awesome talent. Let's see how they manage the environment. Tennis-wise, A-okay. Let's see what happens as life starts to change in the pro circuit. Once again, Chanda, well, I mean, we had the most men in the draw, 19 Frenchmen in the draw, more than any other country, a whole bunch of women as well. None of them made the second week. Yeah, I think sometimes these things kind of work in, in shifts, and, and you'll have a generation or, or you'll have a group of, you know, young players kind of coming up together, able to push each other, you know, able to feed off of each other, be inspired um, by the others when they do well. And I think that's really what you need to have players kind of ascend to the highest levels. Uh, it's never fun to just be one on your own. And so I think that's a benefit. That's a positive that's going on right now um, in, you know, French junior tennis. Maybe they can have that inspiration and, you know, in the next four or five years be up there contending or at least giving, giving themselves a shot in the second weeks of majors. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to kind of get that type of, you know, mindset going. But I think this and building from these events will help. Doesn't take much. You know, Arthur Ashe spots a kid in Cameroon, and uh, less than a decade later, he's a new French champion. So it doesn't take much to pivot. I mean, a lot of players, not a single male seed, though. And as you say, Steve, every French player was out by the first Thursday. But again, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to change a whole nation's fortunes in this sport. Chad, to talk about it, Yannick Noah was out on the court earlier today in Legends action. We will show that to you coming up on TC Live as we lead up to that men's final. Novak Djokovic in the gym, getting ready to go. 36 years, 20 days old, will be the oldest men's champ in Roland Garros history. Back with a look at more GOAT numbers next. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Today is final Sunday, but Friday's semifinal between Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz felt like a final ball. It was, and the human highlight reel didn't disappoint, except Novak was also the human highlight reel. First set played the better of the, of the tennis. Second set, we saw highlights left and right. Look at the scrambling here. Now watch this. Not only does it get it, he runs the long way around. Guys, I still can't get over that shot. He ran all the way around that ball and hit a squash shot forehand. And even Novak gave him a little hand clap. Then things went south, gang. We saw some twinges of the hand first. And then we saw this cramping up. And boy, does this bring back bad memories for me. I was a cramper. It is the most painful thing to try to get through when you try to play. And after that, it was all she wrote. Novak Djokovic put the pressure clamps on. And he was just too solid, too good. A lot, a lot of good learning things for young Carlos Alcaraz. And uh, I can't wait to see their battles as we go down the future. Because of that, Djokovic can get back to number one in the world today with the win, trying to become the first man in history to win each Grand Slam tournament at least three times. Margaret Court, Steffi Graf, Serena Williams, they have accomplished the feat on the women's side. John, where would having the career slam triple crown rank among the GOAT stats for Novak Djokovic? Add it to the ledger. Um, you know, every every fan is a lawyer that tries to build their case, and certainly uh, winning all majors three times minimum. Uh, Steffi has done it four, just just for the record. But uh, no, that would further. That's something that certainly Nadal and Federer haven't done. First male to do that. And again, I mean, we, we sort of every, everybody builds their case, but boy, the uh, the the evidence in favor of uh, Monsieur Djokovic is getting uh, is getting pretty high. Where's that one right for you? I mean, it'd be the best thing that I've seen happen. I mean, you know, really? to see uh, more than 23. Yeah, I think well, because yeah, there's yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, because there's that many of them. You know, it's that evenly spread. I think uh, right. all these records are so subjectively evaluated. But I think that's what's making it interesting for Novak. He's like, maybe I'll create some new ones so I can have a different record book. So we'll just make it like as thick as the old school phone book used to be, like that. I mean, he's got the record of most weeks at number one. That's that's all time, men or women. Where does this one? Where do you put this one? Like Paul, is it more impressive than the total? Or yeah, I, I kind of I think it's just adding to the ledger. You know, I'll use John's word down there. I mean, you, you think about everything he's accomplished, what he has in front of him to continue to accomplish, and it just adds, you know, to the legend that is Novak Djokovic. And and I think 
it is more impressive maybe for me the fact that he can win three Roland Garros if he if he does get this title three of these titles on the red clay to be able to transition and win each of them at least three times I think that is pretty phenomenal I, I got it I guess can I correct myself are we, are we allowed to do that on <laughs> yeah the you can edit live like, on air let's well, go live TV go for it you know I like the balance but the more I think about it every time I think of the number 14 times winning this event uh-huh I don't know. I mean, uh, how many players even play it 14 times? Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, Novak's won Novak. Australia 10 times. Yes, yeah, so that as well. I mean, that as well. So, so if you were if you were Djokovic's lawyer, though, couldn't you say one guy won this 14 times and my guy still got three of them? That's pretty good. Yep. See, there you go. See, I got it. We, we might have to go to commercial. I meant to correct no, myself again. I think with with the three, it, it's impressive. But it's amazing. with the 23, because right. if you had 12, it right. wouldn't be as big of a deal. Right. Yeah, who wants just 12? I'm just saying, <laughs> in, in, the, in the ultimate GOAT statistics, we, we you got to have the 23 well, to make the three more important. We can do a whole more series on this. Yeah. Week, weeks at number one doesn't trump that? <laughs> By the way, this is all that Casper is going up exactly. against today. Poor Casper. Let's hear from both players inside the press room. I have said it many times this year that during a clay season that Roland Garros is where I want to peak on clay, where I want to play my best tennis, so... I put myself in, a, in another uh, really ideal position to win a, to win a Grand Slam. So that's uh, basically what still drives me when I wake up in the morning um, and think about the season and think about the things I want to achieve. The Grand Slams are what, what drives me the most. I think Novak has been played great this, this tournament and in the Grand Slams he always uh, raises his level so it's going to be a tough challenge I have never beaten him before um, so I'm going to have to try to come up with a better game plan and just know that I'm going to have to play my best game uh, my, my A game, my, my best level that I've ever played if I want to have a chance against him Fluffy salad there on the, on the left side I'm so jealous <laughs> just woke up Fifth meeting. Djokovic has won all four previous matches in straight sets. Djokovic won the last battle championship of the ATP Finals Turin last November. Uh, they have been competitive matches. You see three sets of either 7-5 or 7-6, Chanda. I think it is so tough when you already haven't won a set against Djokovic in, you know, four meetings, two out of three sets, and to then have to go up against him in a three out of five set battle on red clay. I mean, you just don't know what that requires until you at least go through it one time at least, or, or you feel like you've at least had the ability to get a set off of him. So I just think all of that just puts more check marks in the Djokovic column. Anything can happen, yep. but it is just so tough to do it on this surface at this stage. Played Rafa last year, so a little bit of preparation for facing Djokovic, but let's see how Casper got here. And it was very impressive in his semifinal against Alexander Zverev. I mean, completely dismantled the man. Yeah, and maybe in his mind, the very back recesses, he was thinking Djokovic might be looming because he raised his level when he did. Found some lines when he needed it, got up the first set, allowed it to relax him even more, stayed aggressive, and I was impressed with how well he served. He won a lot of points behind the first serve, almost three out of four of those points, and that allowed him to defend the second serve better and then take a few more risks on return games. Was able to break six times, and of course, in that third set, very one sided to close it out in three straight. 
Casperud, remember, was bageled in the last set of the final last year. Comes into the final with a bagel. Hasn't just reached the final at three of the last five majors, John. He's actually reached the final at four of the last six big events. Yeah, uh, would be nice if he had won the title in one of them. But yeah, no, exactly. I mean, this guy's played great tennis over the last year. I mean, you know, one player has won their previous three sets, and it's not Novak Djokovic. Um, I'm curious. Is history something that, is that just something else that Root has to contend with, or is that something he can use and maybe put some of the pressure on Novak? Hey, listen, I'm going up, you're going up against something I'm not. What do you think, Paul? I think it's both. I think it can be a positive and a negative. It just depends on how things are going up here. This is a man who's going for history of his own, would be the first Norwegian to win a major title. He already has all the records there in Norway. Paul, you did some Hawkeye analysis going in-depth on this matchup. What do you have for us? Well, well the biggest question for Casper Ruud is how do I make him feel uncomfortable? And the biggest challenge for Casper Ruud is he gives up a lot of space. Look where he's playing in the court. That's his second shot after a turn of serve. See how he gets up to the baseline, but he starts really deep. The challenge is when you start really deep against Novak, which is what he does when he returns serve. Look at that. 15 feet back, but then he gets to 9, and then he, by the time he hits that third shot, He's right up around the baseline, so he does get back into that position, but you can't give Novak Djokovic three swats at the ball to get to the baseline. If you do, he will take your time, he will steal it from you, and then you're going to be on a string. So Root's got to find a way to get up to that baseline before the second shot, and that's going to be the challenge for him. How does he do that? He's going to have to play a little bit outside of his comfort zone. Uh, he's going to have to go down the line early in rallies. He's going to have to use big, strong forehands down the line. He hits a lot of weight to shot, but stay away from just forehand to forehand cross court. So it's going to take a little bit for Casper to do something a little bit differently because uh, Novak is so comfortable. And the other thing that makes it really complicated is look at the disbursement of the shots and the depth of the shots. Novak Djokovic gets up on that baseline so often, very rarely is he pushed back after that first serve, right? So he hits a serve, he's on the baseline, and that big gap we saw from Casper Ruud, that 15 feet, that's going to get eaten alive when Novak's basically hitting over 90% of the first balls from on the the baseline so Novak is on the baseline you're 15 feet back he's running you side to side and then he cuts the court off and steals your time that is really problematic the third part of it that makes it really complicated is the distribution of the shots when you look at Novak going basically 50 50 with forehand down the line and cross court what does that mean that means uh oh now I really have to play back because I got to cover the down the line but then you say on the backhand side oh good at least I'll get to that cross-court backhand rally more often, not a good thing. Novak has one of the best two-handers we've ever seen, and that's Casper Ruud's weak aside. So 65-35 cross-court sounds like a good thing, but it's not a great thing. It's also a problem, but it used to be a problem here when the when the weather came, but not now. Yeah, roof, take, yeah. take a look at that. Uh, we can hear some thunder, and we have not seen the roof close the entire two weeks, Chanda. How could this factor into the match, making it an indoor match? You know, I, I don't think it would necessarily trouble either player any more than the other. Uh, you know, certainly conditions will be a little more stable. Um, you know, maybe it's a little warmer in there. It's kind of tough to tell. It's a very humid day today already. Uh, and those are certainly, I think, conditions Djokovic is very comfortable in. I think overall it's just going to come down to the moment and, and kind of getting off to a good start and who can kind of get their head in the game, get their legs going as quickly as possible. Mm, right. We're about 20 minutes away from game time. I mean, they, if they don't close this roof soon, they may let a, a shower even 
drift through here. Um, I don't know. I mean, turning this into an indoor match, I think, especially if it starts as an outdoor match, that may actually favor Casper Ruud, I think. I, I would agree with you, because remember in 2020, when Rafa and Novak played each other, it was under the roof. Right. We were all like, oh, this is going to help Novak Djokovic. Right. He, he didn't win exactly. barely games, Nine games I think, yeah. in, the, in that final. So, we shall see. Maybe some hope for young Casper Ruud oh, in this oh, final oh, match. Oh, well, Paul, uh, he's 0-9 in his career against top three players. 0 for 20 in sets. Massive potential for growth. That's what I'm saying. Setting him up for that greater glory. Looking to warm up with that uh, soccer ball. Back with more on TC Live after this. All right, back with a look inside court. Philippe Chatrier. We got the flutes. We got the entire orchestra in the house. What are they playing, John? This is Bolero by the French composer Ravel. That is not Jethro Tull, but uh, this is a nice touch. I like this. Yesterday was Carmen. Today we get uh, Bolero. I like it. One of his last completed works before illness forced him into retirement. Uh, beautiful sounds with inside court Philippe Chatrier as we lead up to the men's final. But before that... How about the future? So bright for some young Americans. Clervy Gunaway and Tyra Katarina Grant, girls doubles final against girls singles champ Alina Kornieva and Sarah Saito. Yeah, remember, uh, Kornieva won the singles yesterday. We talked about Yanni Noah and Cameroonian heritage. Same for Gunaway. Uh, this was really impressive. Sure, two players to watch. Tyra Grant as well, who's up at the net for the American team. She is the daughter of former St. John's basketball player, Tyra Grant. And, uh, they play a nice game of doubles together. Nice to see Americans get a title. But two very interesting players with different, uh, very different, interesting backgrounds. And they are the champions. Good for them. Good stuff. First All-American team to win the Junior Girls Doubles here since Emma Navarro and Chloe Beck in 2019. Taking some selfies there courtside. Good stuff. Clervy, by the way, won the uh, Junior Australian Open girls doubles title last year with Diana Schneider, who played at NC State this year, now in the top 100. Hashtag college tennis. Uh, we saw this before TC Live women's doubles final. Jada Layla Fernandez, Taylor Townsend looking for their first major title, facing Shea Suwei and Wong Jinyu. And they came out fired up and firing on both cylinders. Fernandez and Townsend. Townsend up there at the net. She's got such good hands. And it was a highlight reel constantly in this match. A lot of fun to watch her move with Fernandez backing her up. But things shifted in that second set. Shea and Wong got up the early break and had to battle a little bit. Had some set points. Couldn't quite get it. But things turned around here when they stopped the run of Fernandez and Townsend. They got the tie break under their belt into the third set. We would go. And again, it was Shea and Wong who got the early start. Got that break and that is such an advantage in this kind of match where there's so much at stake, some nerves, tension on both sides. But it was Shea and Wong who were able to steady themselves and really run away with that third set. Disappointment for Fernandez and Townsend, but jubilation for this team. Fighting through a fairly new team, Steve, on the block. And they came up big with the Roland Garros title. Fifth major title for Shea Suwe. Three at Wimbledon, now two at Roland Garros. Separated by nine years. Men's doubles final, 2015 champ Ivan Dodik teaming up with American Austin Krychek 
against Sander Gillet and Joran Vliegenthal. Yeah, Gillet and Vliegen, uh, very new to the superstar final stage. And for Dota, I can tell you what, you keep forgetting, this guy's 38 years of age. He's been around for a long time. This is his second Roland Garros title back in 2015 with Marcelo Mello, and he has just been a stalwart at the top of the game. Great to see Austin Krychek as well playing some wonderful tennis. These guys played better and just ran away with it. 6-3-6-1. Look at Austin Krychek. That is just a huge thing to put in your resume. Major doubles champion. And for Dota, wow, 38 years of age, still doing it. Mm. 12 years ago, Austin Krychek won the NCAA doubles title at Texas A&M. Now he is a major champion, and he's going to become the number one player in the world. Another college tennis success story. Very big congratulations to Austin and his entire team. The ceremony continues inside court. Philippe Chatrier as they bring the trophy out. Who's going to take it? Novak Djokovic or Kasparud, our men's final premiere on Tennis Channel, 2 p.m. Eastern. Back with more after this.
special stuff. We'll see if we can add to it later today. Time to enter the social net. Daniil Medvedev went from his not-so-favorite slow clay to the fast tracks of F1 racing in Barcelona last week, John. Ooh, is Rublev with him? Yeah, Andre was there. All right. If you're uh, out in week one of a major, there are worse ways to uh, spend the rest of the tournament, I suppose. That's some real speed. We thought Alcaraz was fast. Yeah, right. He's close. Good for Daniil. And Tulane head coach Mark Boris is recovering from heart transplant surgery back on May 30th. There's a GoFundMe to help Mark and his family right now. Uh, John, how's Mark's recovery going? Yeah, good, good news. This info comes courtesy of our Tulane undergrad, our crack uh, PA, Andrew Sporn, who says that Mark is walking up to a mile. And this is really the good news. Looks to get back to coaching the team this season, this fall. So uh, some good news, but no, we do encourage you to check out that GoFundMe because uh, good, good health news, but a lot of mounting expenses. Yeah, Roll Wave, we wish the very best to Mark on a speedy recovery. If you can help, check out that GoFundMe page. As the roof begins to open, perhaps a better forecast in store. My app says about 30% chance of showers at 4 p.m. local time. We'll see. They're opening the roof right now. Next week on Tennis Channel, it just rolls on. Grass court season as we lead to London. They're in Stuttgart. A lot of big names there. Her target box for the women. How about the return of Queen B? Venus Williams back in action. We'll lead you to the top of the hour here on TC Live after this. Time for our LoopNet Finding Space winning point, John. This is just a great point. And if we had the score bug, you see it came at a very critical time. You know what to say? Actually finding space in check? Mukova. Isn't that crazy? Look how she, I'm just kidding. Uh, look how she <laughs> finds the space here. Look at the stretch volume. Look where she puts it. Finding that nook of the court where Iga could not get it. This was part of the turnaround. Uh, this was a great point. And you talk about the, the versatility of both players. Great match in this finding space example by Bukova is just one encapsulation. Good stuff. Great stuff. And, and once again, Chanda, you lose the match, you get the loop net finding space. A little consolation for you. At that, that you point go. in the match, we weren't sure that she exactly. was going to lose it. Like, that was to get her a set point to even things up. So. Uh-oh. All right. But All right. Alas, this was the end result. And you got, you got some bucks. Not many with me, good. I kind of knew that. I mean, but what can you do? 35th win of the season, Chanda. What What are you picking today? Yeah, I got to pick Casper Root. No, I'm going, with, <laughs> I'm going with Novak Djokovic. Again, you know, you, you try to find ways. We talked about this yesterday, a little bit today. You try to find ways that Rude can maybe get the win in this match, and it's just hard to see a pathway um, barring something unbelievable happening. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who, who, who's winning, John? Uh, I think Casper gets a set. How's that? No back and forth. Okay. No Paul. back and one close set and two relatively comfortable sets. All right. All right. So no back across. 
the board here. We shall see what happens, and we will see you later in the day. Our Tennis Channel premiere of the men's final airs at 2 p.m. Eastern with Jason Goodall and Jim Courier. For Chad Paul John, our entire team, I'm Steve Weisman. Thanks for watching TC Live at Roland Garros.